So, my name's Chris, maybe most of you remember. Uh, it's been a little over a year since I was here, it's my first time back. But, we're going to get started today with saying the Lord's Prayer together. Join in if you uh, join in if you want to say it with me, if you remember the words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Alright, Jesus Christ, Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, give us your peace. Amen. And we're going to try to sing a real short song called, uh, maybe you know it, some people call it a doxology, but it's Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above, ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Alright, you want to try it one more time? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above, ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Alright, so that's our first song. Next time, my grandmother should be here to help us sing. The doctor, um, she's been having to go back and forth to treatments in the Greenville, right? And, let me see here. This was, remember my great aunt Sue here? She, uh, her favorite song was, um, Jesus Loves Me. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. For the Bible tells me so. Alright. Yeah, I see Miller. That was my great aunt. She loved that song when she was here. <laughs> Let me see, I got the soft. So, brothers and sisters in Christ, friends and family, and resident staff members of Magnolia Manor, since we have a great high priest like Jesus, let's boldly go before his mercy seat and worship, learn, and sing praises, and lay down our hurts at the foot of Jehovah's throne. Since the church is Jesus' family of believers, 
and not a building of an assembly room, a temple or a cathedral, we may have been cut off from meeting together because of this global sickness, but that doesn't and couldn't stop us from being the church. The devil may have tried to shut down churches, but we know that the churches aren't buildings, right? The churches are the people that believe, and he couldn't stop us. So even though we haven't been able to meet together for over a year, we were still praying for each other. We still remembered each other. We still read our Bible, listened to Bible stories. And so we were still being the church, even if we couldn't come together as a church. So I want to share with you about a time, uh, it's a true story about a time when King David, when he couldn't worship together with the people because the Ark of the Covenant was taken away. You remember the Ark was like a box and it's gold and had two angels on top and they said that it's the mercy seat. They said it was like God's footstool on earth. He may have been on the throne in heaven, but he rested here like the mercy seat at the, on the Ark of the Covenant. And inside, you remember what was inside? The Ten Commandments, like on my hat, I got the Ten Commandments, and Aaron's staff, and a little bowl of manna. And every year when the priests would make the sacrifices in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, they'd go in and they'd sprinkle blood on the Ark of the Covenant as an offering for the people's sins. Because they, they did it as a promise that the Lamb's blood as a promise that the Lamb of God, Jesus, would come one day. And we don't do it anymore because we know that Jesus, the Lamb, has come and given His blood once and for all. So we don't need to do that anymore. But um, He was able, they weren't able to worship because they had been disobedient and God let the enemy take the Ark of the Covenant away. And it cut them off. So David... His armies, you know, King David, he started out as a shepherd boy, fought the giant. God crowned him king, even though Saul was the big strong guy. And David, the shepherd boy, came to be king. And, and so, like, when he got his uh, walled city, and he heard the news that they were bringing the Ark of the Covenant back in. They're bringing the Ark of the Covenant to worship. David took off his crown and took off his like his uh, royal robes, like big purple robes that the king would wear in a fantasy, and he put on like a white, a simple white cloth that the priest wore, and he put that on because he was going to go do the job of a priest, and. And uh, this shows us a picture of Jesus. Jesus was the king of kings. He's the prince of peace. But he gave up his heavenly crown to come and be our high priest to do a sacrifice for us. So he gave up his throne to go be the priest and glorify God. And so that's what David was doing here. He set aside his crown for just a little while because Jesus is back with the crown now. He set aside, crown aside for a little while so he could go and worship. And so he got together the musicians and the bands. And when the ark came into the 
sin. He, David was there. He helped them sacrifice oxes and help them prepare the sacrifices. He had the band start playing worship songs, music, and and you know when I like to think of it when we sing our songs, even though they're simple songs like Jesus loves me, they join in with the sounds of the angels singing and all these ancient saints when they were singing and playing music to God. And so all the musicians, they were playing music for the Lord. So whatever they had, they did it for God. Some of the people may have, like, you know, blown a kazoo or played the guitar or beat on drums, but whatever they did, they did it for God. And David goes out there and he was just so moved in the spirit. Have you ever been in church and started hearing a good song and spirits moving? You just want to move, you know, you get that feeling and you're just like, yeah, this is it. This, I, I love, you just forget about where you are for a minute. Just say, it's just me and Jesus and I'm singing to him. That is what David was doing. And he did that and when he came in, after they got the, after they got the ark back, he said, the glory has returned. So we're able to worship together again. We're able to come together again like this. And the glory has returned. And that's what I was thinking about today. When I was thinking about, yeah, we get to go see my friends that we know you matter again. I haven't seen them in a long time. And we can talk about Sue when she used to live here. We can talk about all our old friends like James. And, and say how, how good God is. Even the rest of the world is talking about how bad a sickness is and how bad things are getting today. We can come together as Jesus' family and talk about how good Jesus is, how he's been with us. Even if we got sick, he was there with us holding our hand when we were sick. He sent people to help take care of us. He sent the staff members here. And they, uh, they may not even know it, but they were doing God's work and they were coming and helping us, weren't they? Yeah. And, um, and so, that's one of the things I was thinking about when I started reading this. And that story happened in uh, 1 Kings. But I was thinking about what does it mean for today? Because that was when the glory returned for David. But Jesus also, he had time when he was about to leave his people. But Jesus told the believers, told our brothers and sisters in Christ that lived back then, he said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. And then some people will look and say, well, that doesn't seem to be the case because he sure went back to heaven, right? But he said, I'm going to go fix a place for you to live with me and the Father. But I'm going to send another comforter, another helper, another, another worker to come and be with you. And anybody know who that name of that helper is? It's the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. And Jesus tells them this in John chapter 14. He says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But you see me, because I live, you shall also live. At the day you shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. So he's saying, 
I'm going to be in the Father, and you're in me. But I also live in your heart, and we're together in the Father. And then he says, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you, who's going to be with you and in you and guide you. So some people are starting to think about, what does this look like? You know, he's, he's got all these words together. It's kind of hard to understand. And the thing that made me think of was a quilt. Because a quilt shows, like, this beautiful unity. Has anybody got an old-timey quilt like your grandma used to make where they'd be different patches? And then there'd be one type of fabric to make the border and one type of fabric to make the backing. And then you have, like, some cotton or something in the middle, usually. And then all these different little pieces of scraps of fabric that were sewn together. And if you look at the pile of them, it might be... 150 different little pieces of fabric and handkerchiefs and old dresses and t-shirts. But what did she do? She stitched them together. She made the one big thing. So we can think of the quilt as like the unity of the Father. God said, I want my family together. And Jesus, he put us all together. So you may be like the little blue scrap of an old dress or the or a white handkerchief, but y'all come together as God's family in one big quilt. We're different colors, we're from different parts of the world, we're from different backgrounds. Some are fancy silk, some of them are rough cotton. But it all comes together as one quilt. And that quilt's the family of God. That's the way it made me think of when Jesus was talking about how we're going to, you know, he's going to put the Holy Spirit in us, like the thread, to stitch the church together. And the thread's going to stitch that church together like that quilt. And the quilt is God's family. And that's what Jesus meant by when he said, I'm in the Father, and you're in me, and I'm in you, and I'm sending the Comforter along to be with you and guide you. And he says, On that day you shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he is he that loveth me. So he says, you, there's no way you can work your way in heaven. You can't do enough good works to earn a spot there. He's going to give it to you. But if you love him, you're going to do what he says. You're going to, you're going. When you got older, you still listen to your mom and dad because you love them. You weren't, you lived on your own and. You know, you couldn't, uh, it's not like you had to obey them because you lived under their roof anymore, but you still listened to their advice and still wanted to make them proud because you love them. And he says, and if you love me, you're going to listen to my commandments. And he that keepeth my commandments, he, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Now Judah, he said unto him, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not into the world? So how is it we going to know that Jesus is still there, but you know not everybody sees that Jesus is still there? And Jesus answered and said unto them, If a man loves me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him. And we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He says, I'm going to come and live with you and be with you. That's how you'll know. And he that loveth me uh, not, keepeth not my sayings. And the word which ye hear is not mine, 
but the Father which sent me. Jesus is saying by a person's fruit, you'll know him right here. He's saying that. He's saying that. Well, they say that they're a believer. And they're not acting like a believer. They're probably not a believer. And he says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I've said to you. So the Holy Ghost lives inside us, reminds us of the things that Jesus said. And what did Jesus say? He said things like, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He said stuff like that. The Holy Spirit's there to remind us. Holy Spirit's there to remind us too that Jesus said things like, I'm standing at the door knocking, but you got to let me in. And so He's... You know, he's not going to force us to love him. He's not going to force us to do his will. But he's going to say, I'm going to stand there at the door and knock. But you have to let me in. Now, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth. Because people in the world, they'll say they're your friend and they'll offer peace. But they're the, usually the first ones that turn their back on you, right? And he says, I'm not like that. My peace I give you lasts forever. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard now I said unto you, I go away, but I'm coming again unto you. If you love me, you will rejoice, because I said, I'm going to my Father. For my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it come to pass, that when it has come to pass, you might believe. But he's saying, he's going to prepare a place for us. And we may get lonely and tired and we might start thinking that we are all by ourselves. We might start thinking that we don't have the power even though he says that the Holy Spirit will be our guide. And one of the big writers in the New Testament, he wrote most of the New Testament works him and his friends did, was a guy by the name of Paul. And Paul would write letters to the different churches. And there's a church at Ephesus, and they were having trouble. Some of them were starting to have doubts. Some of them were starting to think that, well, Jesus said he's coming back, but he's not back yet. I mean, how long is it going to be? And some of them are like, you know, I'm trying to wait, and I try to be good, but sometimes I wind up doing bad stuff. And they were having problems like this, and he wrote them up. And that's what that's the problem we have. That's the problem I have sometimes. I try to, especially with my diet. I'm, I try to do what the doctor says and be good. Sometimes I do bad stuff. And um, so he wrote, he wrote a letter to the church of Ephesus, the Ephesians. And here's what he said about redemption of Christ. And he said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who blessed us with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ. So through Jesus, we can have all the blessings of heaven. And it says, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ. So he's saying two big ideas right here. First, we're chosen. That God stood like on the shore of time, before, even before he said, let there be light. Even before he made Adam and Eve from the dust of the ground. He was able to look out and see down the future. 
And when he did, he saw us here. He saw us sitting here. And he said, those are going to be my people. Those people, they're going to love me. I'm going to love them. We're going to spend forever together. And they might not. And, and so he came up with a plan for us to be in his family. Like I said, we have to balance two things. Though. He chose us, but he sends Jesus to ask us to choose him back. And some people will think that, well, if he chose us, that means that there's nothing we can do. We just automatically his. And then some people think, well, no, I'm the one that makes the choice. But we have to look at it like a marriage. So in a marriage, you can't just run up to somebody and give them a ring and say, you're mine now. You know, you're my wife now. Hey, you have to bring the ring to them and you ask them, would you like to get married? Likewise, a woman can't just go up to a guy and jump on his back and say, you're my husband, right? She had, it has to be a wedding, a marriage. And that's one of the things that Jesus and Paul would talk about. They would talk about that our relationship with God is like a marriage. They'd say that like the church is the bride of Christ. Jesus is the groom and, and all of us believers, we're the bride. And because He came, He chose us at the beginning of time. And then He sends Jesus who stands at the door and knocks. And we answer and ready if we want to be with Him. <clears throat> and so, but then He also has another big idea of adoption there. He says that you're the children of adoption. You see, Abraham's family was God's chosen family in the Old Testament. Abraham's family was God's chosen family. And they were, they were the Jewish people. And Jesus came first to the Jews and then to us. We were the Gentiles. People from Africa and England and the rest of Europe, they're all Gentiles. And that's what all of us here are, Gentiles. I'm from Germany. Yeah, Germany and Americans, Indians, Mexicans, they're, they're all Gentiles. And he came first to the Jewish nation and they rejected him. So then he's, he also remembered seeing us on that shore. And he says, I want them in my family also. And so he came up with this plan of adoption. That he would send Jesus into the world to save us. To adopt us into the family. So we can be just like his kids. And this was a big idea at the time. In Ephesus and the rest of the Roman Empire. Because some people treat adoption kind of the way bad people do today. Some people, they will adopt kids. But then they treat their real kids and adopted kids different. They'll have special favors for their real kids, and then their adopted kids, they won't give the favors to. They won't give them treats. And that's wrong, right? That's wrong from the adopt them in their family and treat that way. But God said, I'm going to adopt you in my family, and you're going to get a full inheritance, just like, just like the other children do. You're going to be one of my children. Even if it's through adoption, it's forever. And I'll love you forever and treat you just the same. You have the same kind of inheritance. And so he says, and he goes on to say, he said, uh, to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the blood, in whom we have redemption through His blood. Redemption means to buy back. And do you remember... Uh, 
old Coke bottles where you could turn them in and get a nickel back. You can get that redemption there, right? And so uh, he had this idea of this idea of redemption that we were going to be thrown away. We'd be cast out of darkness. But he turned us in. And we, we wound up being purchased by Jesus' blood. See, uh, another idea of sin is at this time when two countries went to war and one lost, they would take people from the other country back home with them as slaves. And those slaves had to be bought or redeemed out by their king. They had to give money to the victor and then the victor would let the slaves go and go back to their country. And so he says that he bought us with Jesus' blood. He redeemed us with Jesus' blood. Wherein he hath abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of time he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both who are which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. So if Jesus through Jesus God made everything, and through him he got us all in his family. It's saying through Jesus we're all going to be united. And it's not just going to be Jews and Gentiles, it's just going to be Jews and Gentiles and the angels, everyone in heaven. It's all going to be but, yeah, it's all going to be a part of his family. Uh, all the people that believe in Jesus will be part of his family. <clears throat> and in the end of this section, Paul says that through that, in, he's talking about the inheritance, he says, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. He's saying he's, uh, this earnestness is have you ever bought a house and you have to put down a little bit of money to begin with called earnest money? That money that you put down, the earnest money is like a guarantee that you're going to pay for the house. It's a guarantee that, that the bill is going to be paid one day. And so God said, I guarantee that you will be with me in heaven forever. And as a guarantee, I'm giving you as a, as a down payment the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit is going to be with you and comfort you. It's going to guide you. It's going to remind you of all the words that you hear from the Bible. And, as, and when you're doing something wrong, have you ever made a bad decision in the back of your mind? You can hear that little nudge or whisper saying, you shouldn't be doing this. This isn't the right thing to do. Uh, that is the Holy Spirit hugging on you saying, nope, Trying to guide you in the right way. What's that? Yeah. And uh, so one of the things that um, also we need to know about sin is that a lot of people have the right idea that sin is doing things that are bad, right? If you do something bad that God doesn't like, that's a sin. But the Bible also tells us if we do something, if we don't do something good and we know we should, that's also a sin. If there's somebody that needs our help and we can help them, 
If there's somebody that's having a bad day and needs words of encouragement, we need to encourage them. We need to tell other people about Jesus. We need to tell other people that they don't have to be alone. That the Holy Spirit will be there with them to guide them until that day Jesus comes back for us all. And those are some of the things that we need to do as believers. And so, today I was going to um, start closing up. But I was going to say, if you feel that tug from the Holy Spirit, that one saying that things need to change, something wrong is going on, you can come to Jesus right now and say, I'm sorry for that. Show me the right way. And if you've never done it before, you can give your heart to Him. And there was a, used to be a man that lived here named James. And James, he asked me to baptize him. Uh, yeah, James, he was a good guy. Yeah, but he, uh, he asked me to... So it was never too late to be baptized. I baptized him in the room. I just, we, and, you know, I gave him a certificate and stuff. And so we can work. We had to work out a special time. I could come do that one day. And so, like, you know, we can, if you need to be baptized and never been baptized before, you can talk to me and we try to figure out some way to get you baptized. And if, yeah, um, yeah. And then, um, but that's one of the things that Jesus is saying here. He says, even if we can't meet together, even if tomorrow, like, you know, uh, we're separated again for a while, that we're still the church wherever we go. We're still the church. Even if we're in a room by ourselves, we're still the church. So it's still our job to pray for others and to tell people that we see about Jesus and how through Him is hope and love, and life everlasting. Amen? So let's lift up our hearts in prayer with me. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, from no, you know, secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may more perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Wash away all of our sins, things that we've done and we shouldn't have done, things that we didn't do and we should have. We lay them all at your feet. We ask that you don't take away your Holy Spirit from us, but to guide us and direct us in the way that we should go about our life here until that down payment comes due and we are with you in heaven forever. Amen. Amen. All right, and... Some of you may uh, know this, and it's a song that uh, both Isaiah and John said they heard angels sing. And it's, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. So there, try to repeat with me. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And that's the sound... Yeah, the sound of heaven, the angels were singing that song. And at the prophet Isaiah, he heard it. And uh, John, he saw the vision of heaven. And so that's one of the things I try to remember and try to say 
Because it's like I'm joining in singing with angels when I say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. All right. Does anybody have any special prayer requests for us to start posing up today? Anything like, you know, you said you're not feeling good, so, and sickness. Everybody, I think, needs prayer for health, right? Because I know I do. I still have to go see the my nurse three times a week. Most of us have other medical problems, and Jesus said that through his stripes we're healed. Job, one of my favorite passages is in Job, where he says that he knows he's going to get healed. It might be on that last day when Jesus calls him home and gives him a new body. Or it might be tomorrow, but he knows that when Jesus has a new body ready for him, a restored body. And so he can still heal today. Or some of us might have to wait till we see the other side, but we will be healed. So, Heavenly Father, thank you this time to fellowship and see old friends and read your word. And I want to lift up all the residents here they need your healing touch me and my family we need your healing touch too the only way we're able to keep going on the only way we're able to keep making it is through your grace so pour out your grace on us draw us closer to jesus every week we may learn more things about him love him more deeply and to see him more clearly in the world around us and, and just to follow him more nearly. Help us be good testimonies, be good witnesses in the world. Help us be a mirror that shines your glory, reflects it to the world around us. Give us the wisdom to share the story of Jesus with other people. And invite other people to come to chapel services with us. And tell them about our favorite Bible stories. But most of all, we want to thank you for being a good, good God. Because you are so good. And you have been merciful to us. And we want to thank you for everything you've given us. And we want to thank you for your promises of eternal life with you at the marriage supper of the Lamb in heaven forever. Amen. All right, and the last uh, the angels also sang this at Christmas. I always like repeating it. There's a final blessing. Glory to God in the highest on earth. Peace and goodwill to all people. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Jesus Christ, Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Give us your peace. Amen. All right, and uh, does anybody need a uh, Bible in the room? I got some that were donated, but the writing, I have to use my reading glasses to read it because the writing is a little bit small. But I have a couple of Bibles. And I also got some of the, uh, just a, this is just the Gospel of John that I read out today. John chapter 14 is in there. And that's just the Gospel of John. But I also have a couple of paperback Bibles. I know some people, they don't, 
their, their Bibles are with their families so they don't have them here at Magnolia Mass. So I have a couple. If I don't have enough, I can bring you some more next time. Does anybody need a Bible? Anybody? You want one? All right, I'll get one for you. And it's a, this is a Christian Standard Bible, and it's kind of like um, it's not. It's a kind of like the in between the King James and the and the newer Bibles. It's more old fashioned than the new Bibles, but it's not King James. And that the the, um, the Baptist Publishing Company donated these to me to get out to people. So. But if you'd like to rather have a King James, I could uh, find you a King James one to you next time. Next time. Next time, King James, all right. And you want one of these? This is like a black hood, all right. Alright. I got I got next time I'll I'll trade uh, this one for a little one. I'll bring it to us one next time. Alright. And um yeah, I only had got in my bag. I had went train one today, so I'm going to next one next time. Here, and you want King James? Mm-hmm. All right. So let's go in peace to love and serve the Lord. And I was talking to Jessica, and hopefully I'll be back on a regular schedule uh, next month. And as long as everybody stays healthy, we're able to start seeing each other again. Amen. Amen. All right. And thanks everybody for your prayers for me. Cause <laughs> All right. I will tell them. I'll tell them that, that, uh, you can, that they, uh, cause they wanted to come, but I didn't know if they'd be allowed to yet. All right. I sure will. Yeah, I'm going to miss Julie. <laughs> You and Rosa were some of the people that they always asked about when they'd see people. Yeah. They'd be like, is I Miss Julia or Rosa there? And they would tell us some people were sick and some people's not here anymore. <laughs> and it's been Yeah, I will. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, because like, um, I don't know, it's just been, it was, it was real sad because some of the people, you know, Got sick quiet and we didn't know about it until later. And so what's that in that purple? Oh, that's one. Just a notebook. Notebook I wrote some extra notes in to help me remember where I'm at. <laughs> mm-hmm.